paper peeps, welcome to the paper fold. I am your host, Sarah. If you tuned in last week, you were lucky enough to get acquainted with Janine Quo of Quotations. She is just starting out in this business, and I know we are going to see a lot of great things from her. And thank goodness, because Janine is helping us get through these crazy times, one crisis at a time. Check out her range, Quotations, and you'll see exactly what I mean. This week, my guest approaches the category through a completely different lens. Leslie Moak Murray first exhibited at National Stationery Show in 1986 with 14 Christmas cards. And that humble beginning began a trajectory that has helped us all laugh our way, not just through our special days, but also those days where everything is going wrong. Leslie's slew of bespeckled women, snarky cats, and the occasional pig or alligator always seem to have a witticism to keep you going and laughing. Leslie is the creator of Murray's Law, and her work has appeared and appears on not just cards, but napkins, notepads, paper plates, anything you can put cartoons and jokes on. It really struck a cultural nerve, as evidenced by Leslie's 23 Louis Awards over the years. Everyone is hard to win. 23 is pretty darn impressive. In the course of her career, Leslie went from running her own company to licensing and even syndicating her work to now introducing herself to a new audience and a new generation on Instagram. Chances are, if it is paper related, Leslie has seen it, Leslie has done it, and I've got Leslie right here with me in the paper fold right after this. Hey, paper peeps. So by now, many of my listeners are familiar with the force of stationary nature, better known as Girl with Knife. But if you aren't, time to change all that. From the first moment I spied her booth at her New York Now trade show debut in 2019, I was smitten with this cutting edge range that the world was calling out for. We all just didn't know it yet. Everything is nimbly collaged to life, slice by careful slice by the talented and exquisite Alicia Castaldi. This stylish collection of cards, journals, and notepads that have sprung to life under this fashionista's exacting knife is sharp, snarky, sleek, and occasionally very sweet, just like that BFF who would love to hear from you right now. For that reason, whenever I get my hands on Girl With Knife merchandise, I hoard it and use it most sparingly. Alicia recently launched Gift Wrap, and if you're already a fan of her range, you're familiar with her patterns and quality, but these super thick sheets elevate any gift from off the rack to atelier. Her recent releases of Midnight Botanical, Rare Creatures, and Chase dreams bring the total styles that slay up to 10. And if you're like me and that you fall in love with a range and want to reside in that world, you're in luck. Alicia recently unveiled Knife House, which was one of the few good things I can think of that came out of 2020. 
That was when Alicia shifted her operation from LA to this newly renovated concept home in Palm Springs. This completely private, walled and gated estate features panoramic mountain views and countless Luke's surprises. Take a tour through its magnificent blush pink doors at www.knifehousepalmsprings.com or find it on Instagram at knifehousepalmsprings. Good luck getting your jaw off the floor as you take in this perfect California adult playground. These glamorous digs are available for photo shoots, film projects, special events, and short-term rentals. But just as importantly, all that exquisite Palm Springs flora and fauna have inspired Alicia's soon-to-be-released journal and notepads. She tells me that they're also expanding into home decor, which I, for one, absolutely can't wait to see. So now that you've glimpsed this wonderful world, you need this cutting-edge lifestyle brand in your life. Find Girl with Knife in hundreds of shops across the U.S. and half over half a dozen countries. Alicia and Girl with Knife have also been featured in New York Magazine, L.A. Business Journal, BuzzFeed, and, of course, Stationary Trends. I've run her work there countless times. Alicia was one of our 10 designers to watch in 2020 and proceeded to live up to that designation when last May, two out of her three nominated cards took CHOP honors at the Noted and Noted Virtual Greeting Card Competition. Then, for our winter 2021 issue of Stationary Trends, Alicia designed the 10 designers to watch frontispiece for us. It is something else if you haven't seen it yet. Also, as of 2021, Alicia is represented by none other than the Daniel Richard showrooms in Atlanta and Dallas. Dan's eye is renowned in this biz, so his representing Girl with Knife is unsurprising, but it also means that this brand needs to be on your design radar stat. Check out this beguiling range at the recently refreshed girlwithknife.com. Right now, the theme is Season of Fierce, and I think we can all use one of those about now. I guarantee your stationery will slay. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the paper fold. I have Leslie here. Leslie, thank you so much for coming by. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. So you have been writing humor and creating your very distinctive illustrations for a long time now. In fact, you started creating greeting cards to give to your friends at age 10. So I know that you are a dyed-in-the-wool paper person. <laughs> yes, um, I am. <laughs> but your undergrad degree is in French, and you worked as a stewardess and a model. So. Yeah. Like how, what happened there? How did you start out and how did you end up starting a paper company? Everything that has, every good thing that's happened to me in my life, I fell into it by accident. I don't think anyone goes to college thinking I want to be a greeting card artist. Well, maybe they do now, but <laughs> and model either. I, that was a fluke too. I didn't do that on purpose. I worked at Air France after modeling. My mother did that. When I was a model, my I was discovered at a party by a, a modeling agency lady who was there. And she said, come see me Monday morning. And I went in and they signed me and I was a model. And I, I was like, what? I, 
you know, it was like, oh, I didn't do this. On so I did that. And my family was never that supportive. They would always say, well, this isn't reliable, you know, work and you can go blah, blah, blah. Anyway, my mother read in the paper one day, there was a, a want ad for Air France at O'Hare Airport. I was 26 years old, thinking about quitting modeling, maybe getting too old for it. And so I went for an interview and got that job. And I worked there for 11 years. And um, wow. But and then in the mean during that time, I met and married my husband, who was an ad agency guy. Okay. And he saw me making these cards to give to my friends. I, I made my own Christmas cards every year. And he said, don't give these away. Let's sell them. Because he knew how to do printers and engravers. He knew everybody in the industry. He taught me how to make uh, prepare art for printing. Uh -huh. And he handled that. We formed our own publisher company called Near North Graphics. Okay. And he handled the printing part and I did the art. We went to trade shows with our little display there. His ad agency guy made a display for us. What year? I know you mentioned you've done, you did stationary show early on. Wait, what, what years are we talking? Our first stationary show was in I, 1987 might've been. Wow. Oh, wow. I think it was 87. Yeah. And when I look back on it, if I had known then what I know now, I we probably wouldn't have done it. <laughs> it was so <laughs> running through airports with our little fold up cardboard display. It was ridiculous. And also there was no Photoshop. Yeah. I was doing everything on paper by hand. Uh -huh. uh, art to uh, finish art to the actual size. And more than more than once, I was at five o'clock running after the FedEx truck with giant art in my hands, wait for me, because I had a deadline. And now with Photoshop, it's so much easier. I just hit the send button and it's gone. So it was a lot of work. Uh, it was a, a learning curve, and I'm really glad we did it. It was um, a good experience. The, yeah, the yeah. Show, you know. I mean, it must have been an adventure. I mean, I my yeah. first NSS was 1998, and I, I always hear stories about what it was like in the 80s. So I can imagine. It, it it's, was, yeah, it's it, different, and we did everything. And we went to a little trade show in Phoenix in July. We, that, we did every single tiny show, mm -hmm. and it was 114 degrees, <laughs> and we <laughs> – we did them all. It was just a lot of running through airports, and it was very interesting. Let's just right, right. So, so for a while, you ran, you ran your own company. You know, you had your own greeting card brand, and and then at some point, you did make the transition from running your own company, running through yeah. airports, running after FedEx trucks, yeah, um, to <laughs> licensing. And you you have said that you made more money licensing than running your yeah. own company. So I want to yeah. hear how this transition came about. Well, I had quit Air France to do the card business full time working in my I had a home studio. My husband would be at work all day. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just getting to the point where it was too big for me to do myself anymore. I mean, I was handling the reps uh, invoicing, packing up orders. Myself. We kept the inventory in our basement and, and giant <laughs> supplies of shipping cartons and styrofoam peanuts. And if you can believe, I used to shrink wrap the, the cars in saran wrap from the grocery <laughs> store. <laughs> oh, it was, I, didn't, I, I didn't have a shrink wrap machine. 
<laughs> and I, later I met this guy at a trade show and he said, oh, you're the one with the saran wrap. Everybody knew and I thought I was being so incognito, but everything, <laughs> they were probably getting my or, la, orders and laughing at me, but it was uh, it was an experience. And uh, anyway, so one day I'm in my home studio thinking, what am I going to do? I have to hire people and deal with insurance now and employee things. And I, I was really not looking forward to it. And the phone rang. And it was Don Khalil, the president of Design Design Inc. in Michigan. Sure. He had seen my work in a store there because mm -hmm. we had reps. We are we left our first stationary show with um, reps for every state across the country. So wow. we had reps everywhere. And, and that's that why time, we went. That was how cards were sold was, you know, road reps yeah, yeah. would show up at stores. Yes. So once you got some representation there, then mm -hmm. you could really start being exactly throughout America. And, and all I had was I had 14 cards. That's what I had. Wow. Yeah. And since, yeah. I don't believe it. Since I was doing everything myself, keeping on top of the wrap, shipping, invoicing, all the rest of it, I didn't have very much time to draw mm -hmm. uh, back then. And that's really all I wanted to do was draw. And right. here I am doing things that every creative person hates, which is paper work and, you know, numbers. Yeah. Right. So, right. Anyway, so Don called me. He said he had seen my work in a store in Michigan, and he wondered if I would want to sign on with him. And he was brand new then, too. He was at the beginning of his company. So mm -hmm. was I. We mm -hmm. kind of grew up together. And uh, I I decided it would be a good move, and it was the best thing I ever did. It was the uh, all of a sudden, someone else was dealing with the reps and the invoicing. I didn't have to do any of it. All I had to do was draw pictures and watch TV all day. It was the best. I couldn't believe I know. I would get up every morning and think I'd won the lottery. And uh, Don and I were, we had a very strong friendship for 23 years. He was like the kid brother I never had. Uh, he and his wife flew down to Chicago to meet us. And that's when we signed with them. And um, we ended up moving to Michigan to be near Don and his wife. We had holidays together. Our children played together. It was just a very, it was the best years of my career. Wow. Uh, the money was great. I was making so much more money with him with royalties because he had more retailers than I ever had with my little uh, company. So it was just fantastic. And then design, design grew and grew. Uh, in addition to that, with him, I was able to put my work on everything. I was just doing cars, but Design Design put my work on napkins, paper plates, ceramic plates, notepads, sticky notes, tumblers, even calendars, T-shirts, just everything. And uh, it was uh, it was just great. And then my world, my work was now also being sold worldwide. And oh, one day in the 90s, after I'd been with him for a while, um, uh -huh. we moved up to Michigan. Uh -huh. I got a love letter one day from a girl in New Zealand or Australia, I forget which, because uh -huh. she thought Leslie, Leslie's a man's name more than the um, girl's name. Uh -huh. And she thought I was a guy. And she had sat on her office paper copy, photocopy machine uh -huh. and took a photocopy of her butt and sent uh -huh. it to me. <laughs> I Leslie, I was I was gonna say you stole her heart. I I didn't have the heart to tell her I was a girl. So <laughs> you stole her butt. 
that's hilarious. That and is- then, oh, in addition to that, Don formed a syndication company to get me to do a syndicated comic strip for the newspaper, which I did. Mm-hmm. And that was more fun than anything. I loved doing that. Mm-hmm. I started getting more fan mail then, and I got hate mail too, because, you know, some people just. I, I did a, a, com, a comic strip, showed a man with giant buggy eyes and with a, his hair standing on end in a hospital gurney. And it was a joke that he had been teaching his teenage daughter to drive and he froze that way. The nurse was saying that to the doctor. And then I so I got an angry letter from a 16-year-old feminist in New Jersey. And her name was Sarah also. It wasn't she, me. <laughs> yeah, she was really mad. She told me I set the women's movement back 20 years and blah, blah. She was so <laughs> angry with me. <laughs> and I, my, my then husband, you're not going to believe what he did. He, he did this without asking me first. He wrote back to her saying, dear Sarah, you write pretty good for a girl. <laughs> I go, oh yeah, way to way to lose fans for me. Thanks a lot, Jim. But I thought it was kind of funny though. So anyway, but I got a lot of nice fan mail too, and people are so nice to take the time to write when they're happy. It definitely attained a sort of omniscient status, and it sort of entered <laughs> the popular vernacular, the collective subconscious, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it, you eventually garnered twenty three Louis Awards. Yeah. Uh, for those who are not in the industry, the Louis Awards are the Academy Awards of greeting cards. <laughs> They're a very big deal. People get really, really competitive and excited um, over it. Um, so yeah, so we do. That, that's really, um, that's really incredible. So it did. It freed you up creatively to produce more work, and it, and it and it really worked out for you. Yes. Um, I think what I what is so interesting is that you know he you're someone whose career was in full swing pre-internet and then you've had to adjust to this brave new world so you've shared a lot of valuable advice (laughs) and one of the things that you have shared is that you recommend you know young makers young artists get a good intellectual property lawyer and so i want to know why is that and when have you needed one well, I think in retrospect, it's a good idea. I, it's just a good idea in general to have an IP attorney look over any contracts you sign before you sign them in case you might be inadvertently giving up something that you might not want to give up or in case there's anything in the terms that you might want to change. Uh, having said that, everyone I have dealt with in this industry has been nice people. They They are mostly really nice and professional and they just want to have a good uh, reciprocal arrangement where everybody gets money and uh, they're nice, but sometimes there might be some kind of misunderstanding, not on purpose, but something that they assume you would be okay with. And maybe you might want to alter the terms a little bit. So just, it's just good to have someone look it over before you sign something. And I learned that the hard way. (laughs) Uh, anyway, back to why it's the uh, age of amateurs. I'm also, I have a sideline as a stock photographer and a stock illustrator. And what I have found that is that software programs like Photoshop and Adobe Illustrator allow people to make images that are beyond their actual skill level. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that if you gave some of these people a 
pencil and some paper, they would not be able to make art with that. Mm -hmm. they, they're not art, you know, and, and it's the same with digital cameras. Real photographers, I say real photographers from pre-digital, mm -hmm. uh, at the beginning of this in about like 2008, they were so angry about digital photography. Uh, they wanted to, people who don't know their way around a dark room or film, they thought they, they looked down on them and said, you're not a real photographer. But really, uh, that's what everybody does now. A digital camera allows complete amateurs to take really good pictures mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. the camera does so much of the work for you. And it's the same with Photoshop and Illustrator. But, you know, you have to either get on this train or get run over by it. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. how I'm looking at it. And so I am now on Instagram and uh, trying to get a presence there with an eye toward uh, get attracting some manufacturers I would like to do uh, work with. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm liking it. Very yes. interesting. That's, I mean, I think it's great. I love your feed. I follow it. I Thank hope you. I, my listeners follow it. I mean, uh -huh. your, work is, your work is great and it's, Thanks. you know, rolling with the times. Um, what for is there any advice um, that you would give young makers about protecting themselves and their work? I mean, I am in a Facebook groups yeah. where it seems like every week I see someone with a brand saying this person ripped me off on Etsy or yes. even or even Target. I'm just using Target as an example. I'm not accusing Target of ripping uh -huh. anybody off, but the a big you know, these big familiar, you know, um, retail entities, you know, occasionally get accused of stealing someone's work. Yeah. So um, as a maker from that perspective, how can you protect yourself and your work? Well, as I, well, when, at the, when I wrote my LinkedIn article, or as you uh, noted, I advised everybody don't share your work on Facebook, because if you read their terms of use, they can use your image however they want to without your permission. So I said, don't go on Facebook. But really now, I don't think we can protect our work. Uh, that horse has left the barn, as my mom would say. You can watermark it, but there are online tutorials on how to remove watermarks. You can disable right-click save on your website, which I've done, but they can still take a screenshot. Right. Uh, uh, on my own website, I have been mostly leaving off my jokes uh, and just showing the art because I've had so many plagiarists who steal Murray's Law jokes and put their own art on them. It has been just a nightmare. Uh, I actually had uh, <laughs> the creative director of Design Design called me one day in 2007. Mm -hmm. And he said, you've got to see this. Go to this link. I go to the link and it was a brand new beverage napkin company. <laughs> Every single napkin had a Murray's Law joke written by me, slaving over a blank piece of notebook paper for eight hours a day, trying to come up with jokes. And here's this girl. She put my words with her art on them, and she launched a company with it. <sighs> I don't know what to say. Here's the problem. with my Stealing art is different, and that's also bad. But when you steal my words, I can't, you can't copyright short words and phrases. Right. Because if you could, someone would own Happy Birthday and Merry Christmas. So I can't, there's nothing I can do except maybe try to shame them and make them feel like, you know, why, why you do that? There's been plagiarism. If they don't already know they're bad people, yeah, yeah. nothing you say is going to convince them. I had another guy who uh, in England who used to work with us. With uh, He was our distributor in England. 
and he broke off and formed his own company. He did the same thing. He put photo, uh, funny photos of old ladies in hair curlers, but with Murray's Law jokes on them. He didn't attribute me. He didn't pay me. He just stole them. So it's just on and on, and uh, there's nothing I can do except um, hope they feel bad about themselves. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, there is, I mean, I think when people talk, when people hear a you know, when they're not in the industry and they hear someone, you know, really upset that their work is stolen, it's not just about um, your livelihood. I mean, these are yeah. your baby. This is your baby, and you made it, yeah. you put it out there. And there is like a real sense, like that someone just went in your house and took something that you know is exactly. very exactly. And you feel violated, yes. Um, so I'm really sorry. And I feel like you're sort of coming on it. You're sort of saying, you know what, it's going to happen. Um, if you're, you know, if you're any good, it's going to happen. Get, you know, <laughs> there's that. I could tell myself that I only steal from the best. Maybe that's a good way. to. Uh, oh, oh, you can also issue takedown notices. CD, what do they call it? NCD, I forget. There's a notice, takedown notice you can put on a website, but they don't always pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. uh, one day, oh, this one was really bad. My, pu my card publisher for the UK called me one day uh, a few years ago, and he said, you need to stop posting your work on Facebook. You're interfering with our sales. And since I wasn't even on Facebook, I, I said, uh, what? I didn't know what he was talking about. He sent me a link. It was the p Facebook page of a graphic designer. Mm -hmm. And she had 15 of Murray's Law images on there. She had removed my copyright notice and my, my copyright notice and my signature and my words. She put her own stupid words on them that weren't funny at all. And she slapped her own copyright notice. She was a graphic designer. She's a professional in this industry. And she slapped her own copyright notice on my work. And I was like, what the? And it wasn't just the one the guy in England was talking about. There were 15 to 18 of them. So I had her page taken down, uh -huh. but um, it's just like a whack-a-mole game. You you know, there's only so much time you can devote to it. I do Google myself from time to time, as you know, uh -huh. uh, and, you know, sometimes I find things and sometimes it's not worth it. Sometimes I found my work with the watermark still on it. Uh, on a soccer mom's blog on Blogspot, and I don't bother. You know, well, that's doesn't. really she doesn't like you. She keeps the watermark at least. Maybe, yeah. Maybe one of her soccer mom friends will find you. And yeah, it's fine. I don't. I don't begrudge her. I'm, I was complimented by it. That's fine. But it's when someone tries to earn money from my work that I. I draw the line. Absolutely. As well, as well you should. I mean, it's such cold comfort, but I mean, yeah. the one thing that can't be taken is, you know, your next idea. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like they uh, either uh, just aren't funny or something and they can't take my worldview away from me. The way I view the world is what fuels my words. Right. I just, right. you know. Right. And if they can't come up with their own, I feel sorry for them, I guess. I know. I mean, to me, it's there's nothing more pathetic than than someone mm -hmm. saying, this is how I'm going to make money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like of all the ways in the world, of all the things you can do to make the world a better place, like that's, this is what you picked. I just don't, it's so hard for me to understand. <laughs> I know. Um, 
but I see that I see how it really devastates uh, the makers and the creators, and it and it's and it's horrible to watch. And so, you know, yeah. I think it's nice that you're at least serving as sort of a beacon to other ones <laughs> that are kind of going through the same thing. Yeah, and there's not much you can do. But the other thing, the other reason I hate it is because if someone were to see that woman's napkin company before they saw my product, they might think I'm the one who stole it. That's right. the part. I, I hate that. Right. Anyway, right. It, 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 it turns into a he said, she said, and you're being yeah. in a position where you have to defend your own work. Yeah, and, it's annoying. But anyway, on my own website, I do uh, – I. Well, as I said, on, on Instagram, I've been showing my jokes with the art because I do want to establish a presence there and have manufacturers see what I do. And um, I, I might even start putting the words on my own website. I've been leaving them off and just putting the art. But mm -hmm. I think I might start doing the words. I think the only the, the idea that you can completely protect your work nowadays is really a lost cause. You can't. Right. You right. have to be online or you might as well... Not, not exist. Well, yeah, yeah. So uh, I do still. The other thing I you can do, what I'm doing, mm -hmm. I do stick to posting only work that's already been published for the most part, and I have a separate hidden galleries on my website only for people that I want to uh, work with, and it's new work that has never been seen before, but except for by they'll be seeing it for the first time, and partly that's so they won't think, oh, I've seen this a hundred times. I don't want them. To, I want them to be right. the first time they see it. Absolutely. So I, do, I do that. I think that's really smart. And yeah. uh, even, you know, the, yeah, I think that's, I think that's a really, I think that's a really nice way to go about it. And it's also yeah. really a nice experience for the client to be like, oh mm -hmm. my gosh, I get to see this and nobody else yes. does. Like, Only those with a link can view this gallery. That's what it says. Something like that. <laughs> if you don't have the magic link, forget it. <laughs> You're special. Well, they are special to me, actually. That's not even a joke. They actually are very special to me because I want their money. But yeah, that's that's what. <laughs> Please have your checkbook ready. Um, well, I would intend to make money for them too, so it's a win-win. I would hope it would be a win-win. So that's the way I do it: hidden galleries of new work never seen by human eyes. That's, that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> so, um, looking back on your prolific career, which is still happening, um, and and speaking of stuff that no one's seen before, I have to ask, I know so many people have already done so, like what inspires you? Where do you get your inspiration? Where do you get your ideas? Well, I think I just view the world in a humorous way. I think growing up with three sisters or four daughters and a Texas dad named Smokey, <laughs> you know, what hilarity every day what can I say the situations that happen between sisters um, the funny life is just funny I I just think it's fun and I also I found that whenever something embarrassing or annoying happens to me I will think you know I bet this has happened to other people too and if I make a joke about it and, and it resonates with people for, for humor to be a success, it has to be true. It has to ring true. Right. There has to be that element of, Oh, I've done that. Oh, that's happened to me or it will fall flat. 
So that's what I do. I write down my life. As I always say, I write down my life and they give me money. That's what it is. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But and it also, but it it seems like there's also in the it has to ring true equation. There has to be some kind of twist somehow, either a play on words. Yes. Like there's a certain magic that needs very to- true. Yes, you're absolutely right. The element of the unexpected punchline is very important too. You have you if you're reading the outside of a card and you can kind of guess where this is going, the laugh is diminished a little bit. It's kind of watered down. But if you read the outside and you, the inside is not what you expected, you burst out laughing because it's a surprise. Right. So that's very important. What you said, the surprise uh, twist. Right, right. It's yeah. like the secret sauce. So. Yeah. When you are writing, I this is like my chicken or the egg question. Uh, mm-hmm. Which comes first for you, the copy or the image? I almost always write the funny lines first and then illustrate them. I have tried doing it the other way. I've tried to draw any random funny picture and attaching a joke to it, but it really doesn't work as well for me. Uh, for me, it's better to tailor the drawing to the words. So that way, the facial expression and the body language work with the joke. Okay, it, that's it, awesome. It illustrates the words better. So that's what works for me, and that's how I almost always do it. I will sit with a blank page of notebook paper in front of me, sweat coming out of my forehead, writing, trying to write funny things, and uh, I just try to think of different angles. Um it's easier for seasons, at least with like Christmas, there are different, there are definite angles to work with for Christmas or Halloween or Thanksgiving that you can or like draw upon. Well, I mean, there are certain sort of, you know, common paths, I would say, the starting paths, yeah. you know, for, for how, for how most people approach it. It's, I guess it's always just coming up with that out of box approach that you're, that yeah. you're looking for. Um, to capture them. But I've, I've always wondered that. So thank you. (laughs) So, um, are there any more, um, are there any mistakes when you look at, when you go on your Instagram feed, I'm sure you're following a lot of, you know, Mm -hmm. young makers who are earlier in their careers. Um, are there any common mistakes that you see them making? And, um, and if so, what would be your advice for them? That's hard to say. I think different artists have different things that work for them. I I wouldn't say I'm seeing art mistakes. I am definitely seeing people who really aren't as good at this as others. And I I think they should not do this for a living. (laughs) (laughs) They might want to rethink their, you know, don't quit your day job. I, and I don't want to be, yeah, I'm not certainly not going to tell anybody that, but I do think they're, Social media has just made people think anybody can do anything. And that's just not true. I I really think you still need to be able to do it. You have to have talent or the ability to do it. I, I don't know. I'm seeing one thing I've seen on Instagram. I don't think I'm seeing mistakes that I would uh, feel uh right telling people about i mean you know every once in a while like i'll see someone write something you know it's just how they're positioning something or they're just going about it the wrong way and i sometimes i want to say something but i i never do um well there is one thing i've I've seen a lot of um, mistakes with fonts that and this is mostly with craft people rather than artists i don't think artists uh, I've seen people using fonts that our professionals just don't use. They're 
I think they should read up on fonts first. And I made some mistakes with fonts at the beginning. I first learned Photoshop in about 20, uh -huh. 2008 and nine. I was a beginner. And, and then when I signed with, uh, with the two town studios, Jim and Ronnie, they're great. Jim Marcon and Ronnie Walter. Uh, they, they brought me so many new contracts. They were great. I'm just suddenly all this work is coming in. And, but I was still a beginner at Photoshop. I didn't know what I was doing. I was frantically trying to learn. It was uh, really steep. I only learned it on my own. I learned Photoshop by reading every tutorial that had the word dummies in it. That's how I Are <laughs> <laughs> a pitfall. Uh, of course, the one everybody thinks of is Comic Sans. It's gotten a lot of abuse. It's not a font that professionals use. Don't use it. Just, just don't. Oh, use it. One bad yeah. typeface can ruin your day. Ruin your <laughs> yeah, day. it's just a mistake. It doesn't. It makes you look unprofessional. And I, I think it would be uh, to your benefit to read up on fonts a little bit and know. <laughs> Maybe just do a little research. My people don't know. You just it's a the graphic design is a separate discipline, a separate skill set, and not every graphic designer can draw, and not every artist is a designer. It's just a right. different skill set. So, but it, but nowadays in the digital age, every artist needs to know a little bit about fonts. It's important now. Absolutely, absolutely. But I think I love in your approach that you sort of came to. I just think your approach to greeting cards and stationery and your work was so smart in that you said, "Look, I'm not here to run a co company and count inventory and you know deal with like." <laughs> this stuff like I, I want to create art and yeah. so for you you know the licensing route really freed you up um and yes. allowed and allowed you to really you know explore your work and and create a yeah. brand and um you know really iconography is. that might not have existed if you were like chasing after fedex trucks <laughs> it would have oh that was a comical sight you should have seen me especially one with the 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 uh, actual size art for some of these products is pretty big. And I would almost like be flying like the flying nun with the stuff under my arm, but I don't miss that at all. And um, it was the best years of my career in the nineties. Uh, it was a heyday of greeting cards. Uh, it was just a great time for all of us. And now uh, with all the weird stuff with the post office going on and all the, there's free e-cards and everything now. Millennials at one point, my daughter's a millennial. She didn't even know how to address an envelope. I had a t-shirt. <laughs> don't get me started on that topic. I'm like, I'm no, like, you don't. On it for an hour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <don't>. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a different world and we have to adapt. And what I would like to do, I do still do greeting cards. It's my main thing. Mm -hmm. But I want to really branch. I've branched out. I do needlepoint canvases also for CBK I saw needlepoint. <laughs> yeah, they do a great job uh, with my art. I, it's unbelievable what they do. But you, it's good to do other products. I'm doing fabrics now. I'm uh -huh. doing uh, a lot of other things besides cards because it's a time for adapting right now. That's what Absolutely. we all need to do. Absolutely. I mean, this is the age of the pivot. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's for sure. That's a good word for it. And now with COVID, that has even added another element of surprise. <laughs> right, right. Well, I know that <laughs> got to be, you know, I feel like the silver lining for COVID has been that all the creatives all of a sudden have like all this wonderful, like, 
creative fodder to work off of. So I can imagine you probably have at least like three mass cards in the pipeline, two social (laughs) distancing, you know. There's so many, there's been so many, you know, I haven't even done it. A lot of people are doing masks through, uh, different everyone's yeah, no, I know. a lot of people are making are doing the mass now i mean that yeah, I, I haven't done any because i keep thinking this surely this won't last any longer but it, then it keeps dragging on i don't know maybe i should start doing math the minute i start doing mass the thing will be over that's the that's the problem that's i know well, then do them so this will <laughs> end <laughs> I'll do it for everybody. Yeah. So, okay. So I, this is the time that I, I'm not going to let you leave paper fold without a shameless plug. So (laughs) please um, let me know where, where can my listeners find your product? Where can they find you and learn more about your work and get some, um, get some like coasters and greeting cards and needlepoint in their lives. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Most of my greeting cards can be found at Lean and Tree, my main card publisher. You would just go to leanandtree.com and enter Leslie Moak Murray in the search bar and my stuff will come up. They do uh, my cards, mugs, shopping list pads and uh, other things. And also I have some uh, box set of Trixie. Trixie is one of my characters. Uh, there's a beautiful box set of Trixie cards. Go to currentcatalog.com and enter okay. Leslie Murray in okay. the search bar. All right. And I'll put it in the liner notes too. I'll link these in the liner notes, but keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this box set from current company is, I I am really happy with it. They did a beautiful job with it. The box is beautiful. They are, there are designers put beautiful art on the inside. It's just a wonderful card set. They call it the birthday girls cards and it has matching stickers. So I really love that uh, current company set. Uh, I also have a few cards which with Pictura USA in their retail section, which is called the Cardmore Shop. Okay. You would go to cardmore.com and enter Leslie Murray in the search bar. My I fab, I've done some fabrics for Ink and Arrow and Quilting Treasures. They are various. I did those a few years ago, and they're still at various fabric websites, including fabrics.com and some others. Uh, I don't even know myself where all my work is anymore, but, but <laughs> I lose track. You know, I, I I can't keep track. But if you Google Leslie Moak Murray, you will find me all over. Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, that's amazing. I mean, your work, you're so prolific. You don't even know where <laughs> it up right <laughs> i know it's true i've lost track you know it, it's funny when you have when other you're doing work for other people and you're allowing they keep track of uh, everything for you and you don't really know anymore where anything is but right. that's that's a lot of it right there that what i just gave you all right oh, well awesome <laughs> I mean, it's been such a treat catching up with you and i cannot thank you enough uh for coming by the paper Thank you, Sarah. And thank you for doing this podcast. It's a great addition to our industry. Hey, 
paper peeps. So Kitty Meow Boutique has been a fabulous client of mine for a while now. So hopefully many of my listeners are familiar with not just the dazzling wares from this Chicagoland house of paper, but also its amazing founder, a force of nature better known as Catherine Hildner. This mom of two with another scheduled to arrive soon has created a most intoxicating stationary range. I define the Kitty Meow aesthetic as polished and very smart. Think of the sharpest outfit you own that you feel like a million bucks in, but in stationary form. Everything from typography to envelope choice comes together to pack a most enticing punch. But this range is not just about the surface. It's about honoring those connections with those we care about most. And you'll see once you visit kittymeowboutique.com that the wares are divided into witty and sweet because as Catherine puts it, sometimes you feel a little saucy and sometimes you don't. But Kitty Meow Boutique is so much more than just another pretty face in the marketplace. The empowering messaging found on her cards, invitations, journals, coasters, art prints, and enamel pins elevates the range into something that makes you feel not just seen, but good about yourself too. Everything is essentially a little lift visually and emotionally for not just those you love, but you as well. Not only is Kitty Meow available for your personal shopping needs, it's also available wholesale to all those shops looking for something new with which to excite their customers. She's on FAIR. Visit kittymeowboutique.fair.com and get your shop started. Finally, I think what I love about Catherine most is that she is really all about living your best life, as you'll see for yourself beneath the education tab on her site. She offers KMB Signature Collective, a mastermind for women in the product-based business world who have a love for paper and giftable items, who have an idea and a plan, but need guidance and support to be successful in their efforts. I so agree with Catherine. It's so important to be surrounded by like-minded women and leaders who are willing to put in the work to lift each other up. For that reason, it's not a course. It's a friggin' transformation, people. And Catherine has also started my second favorite podcast, Dreams to Plants, with another brilliant force of nature, my girlfriend Renee, to elevate your daydreams to actual tangible plants. Oh, and if you're on Clubhouse, follow Kitty Meow so you can tune in to her weekly room Wednesdays at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's called Small Business Savvy, Insider Secrets You Need to Know. I checked it out for myself last week, and it was just the dose of inspiration and confidence my day needed. So get those good vibes going at kittymeowboutique.com and tell them Sarah sent you. Thank you so much, Leslie, for visiting the paper fold. It was so great to catch up, and I see why your work is so funny. It's because you are. I've linked all the places you can find Leslie's work in the liner notes. One really great place to start is by following her on Instagram. I've linked that as well. Finally, thank you so much for listening. As always, email me at sarah at thepapernerd.com with any feedback, 
questions, if you're wanting to appear in an episode, or if you just have an idea for an episode. And if you are liking what you are hearing, please subscribe and leave me a good rating and review. I can't tell you how much that helps. Thank you so much, paper peeps. Please stay well.